Well, good evening. Thank you, Ron, for sharing. I uh, hope everybody's enjoying summer. It's officially summer. means kids are not in school. Parents get gray hair now, so it's all good. Uh, but tonight, we're actually continuing in our series called The Fruits of the Spirit. And if you are here last week, Pastor Sheldon shared about the fruit of joy. And it all comes from Galatians 5, 22 to 23. And it says it like this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. You know, fruit, I I don't know about you, but I love fruit, especially that it's summertime. Uh, A lot of new fruits are in season. Uh, And so I especially love this fruit, uh, and some of you probably do too, and I'm going to say it and you're probably going to start salivating. It's lychee. And so, uh, and so I love lychee. And so it's funny because I remember this story uh, where we were kids and we were at this, uh, we were at this after-school place. <laughs> we were at this after-school place. And lo and behold, in the backyard, there was a lychee tree. The funny thing about this lychee tree, though, Never have lychee. And so we looked at it, and we would climb on it. We would hang out in it. You know, it, was, it was a big tree. Well, all of a sudden, the owners of the property said, hey, you know what? This tree doesn't have any lychee. We're going to cut it down. Now, as a local boy, when they say they're going to cut down your lychee tree, you start acting. You start preparing. So we started doing whatever we could. We put fertilizer we put miracle grow. We tried everything, and nothing happened. And the owner said, if it doesn't grow lychee within two months, we're going to have to cut it down because it's too much maintenance. It's creating too much leaves and all that. And I was like, no. And so I remember me and my friends, we're like, and this is as kids, okay, like in seventh grade. We're trying to come up with a plan. How do we save this lychee tree? And we're all coming up. Hey, we put miracle Grow, We put fertilizer. We put all these kinds of stuff. We, we did all this stuff. And all of a sudden, my friend comes and says, I got an idea. And so we're like waiting for him to share. He's like, I got an idea. And he didn't share it. And so he goes and, and he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take these really long nails and I'm going to pound them into the tree. And we're like, that is the most dumbest thing we ever heard. You can take nails and hammer them to a tree. What is that going to do? And we're like, bro, that makes no sense. And he's like, I got it, guys. I got it. And so he did it. And so we're thinking, okay, well, you know what? They're going to cut down the tree anyway. So might as well just put nails inside anyway, you know? And lo and behold, guess what? Had lychee. And we're like, wait a minute. How did this tree grow lychee because of nails? And, and we're like, oh, wonder if we start doing that to every tree, going to get more. <laughs> and so my friend tells me, no, my, my grandpa told me that if you hammer, now I'm not, I'm not saying this actually happens, so if you don't want lychee in a tree, don't quote me on this, okay? Because I don't want to hear you on Sunday saying, Pastor Ben, I didn't put nails in my tree, no more nothing. <laughs> but he's like, my grandpa said, something about the metal in the nail makes things happen in the tree. And when he told me that, I was like, brother, I don't care. Get lychee on top of the tree. Because see, here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit grows in us, we're going to start to bear its fruit. 
When that nail went inside the tree, it started to bear fruit. When the Holy Spirit grows in us, we're going to bear fruit. And that's important to understand. Why? Because we live in such a crazy world. I mean, think about it. Wherever we go, we see crisis, conflict, and chaos. Wars, terrorism, abuse, scandals, shootings, and so much more litter our TVs, our computer screens, our phones, and all of our social media. In fact, today, there was a, there was a bombing in Kabul. And I think 100 people died. See, there's a, we, live in, we live in such crazy times. But not only that. I mean, it would be one thing if it was only that, but the reality is, even in our own lives, we experience tragedies, real trials, real life trials, and everyday struggles. I mean, in our own lives, there's chaos, there's crisis, there's conflict. Philippians 4, uh, verses 4 to 7, says it like this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, tonight we're going to learn about the spirit of peace. That's the fruit we're going to talk about. You see, peace is something that we all want in life. But it's not a state of mind, but rather a condition of our heart. See, true peace is experienced through a relationship with God through Christ Jesus. And there are three different types of peace that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in each and every one of us. If you're taking notes, here's the first one. The first type of peace that the Holy Spirit wants to produce is an upward peace. And that's peace with God. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, when it comes to finding peace, people spend time and money trying to find it in all the wrong places. You know, what's interesting is we'll try, and do, we'll try and do everything. We'll try and do everything to stop the madness. But the reality is, a lot of times, it adds to the chaos. See, real peace exists not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. Real peace does not exist when there's nothing wrong going on in your life, when the world seems good, no, no, no. Real peace comes in the presence of the Lord. John 14, 27 says it like this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let, your heart, let not your heart be troubled, neither let, neither let it be afraid. You see, before we came to know Jesus, we had no peace. We may have had substitutes. We may have had things that kind of looked like peace, acted like peace, but it wasn't real peace. Because the peace that Jesus gives us is far more greater, far more different than that of the world. Uh, some of you may have seen this. It's on bumper stickers. It's on T-shirts. I remember I wanted to buy this T-shirt. But there was this simple slogan on it. And although I don't like 
christian slogans. Like, I don't like slogans for just slogans. There's this one slogan that I loved because it made total sense. It said, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. See, that's the reality. If we, have, if we don't let Jesus into our lives, then we're not going to have peace because he is peace. Ephesians 2.14, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. And this is important because I remember when I was a little kid, uh, I'm guessing we were downtown somewhere, and there was a big banyan tree. And this was uh, when, this is when I was like uh, in elementary. I was a little kid, so me and my cousins were there for a family uh, family event. And there's this big banyan tree, and so my cousins, who are older than me, decide, "Hey, we're gonna climb the banyan tree." Now, me, I was a small, uh, skinny. This is why I said this a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> but I was a small, skinny little brat, and so I wanted to be with them. So I, I actually started following them. And because I was more agile, I was able to climb. And, and so all of a sudden, I'm, I find myself, I'm on the tree, I'm on the branches, and we're all kicking back. And then I look down. And then I notice, wow, that ground looks a whole lot farther than I thought it was. And I did what any little kid who thought he wasn't afraid of heights, but apparently was, did. <laughs> I grabbed onto the branch, I don't want to go. And all my cousins decide, hey, we're going to leave. And so they walk, they climb down the tree. I'm, I'm hugging onto the branch. Going, oh, I'm like, you'll be fine. No, I'm going to fall. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And I'm like, just relax. And so my oldest cousin, who was like my older brother, he sees me. And he's like, you'll be fine. Just, just come down. We got, we, come on, come on. We're, we're getting ready to eat. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And so... And so I just start bawling, I start crying, and I'm stuck. I'm frozen on that branch. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way I'm getting down. You better call 911, get the firefighters up in here. They're gonna call. I, I wanted to ride the ladder anyway. But I was stuck, and I was frozen. So my cousin looks at me, he's like, you know what, okay, I got you. And so he starts climbing the tree. He climbs back up the tree where I'm at, I'm stuck, and he tells me, here, I got you. Come. I'll climb down with you. And the moment he said, I'll climb down with you, he grabbed my hand and he said, it's okay to let go. I'm with you. I'm all right. I'm not going to leave you. We'll get down the tree together. And I did. You see, Jesus came to break down that wall of separation so that you and I could have peace with God. See, there was, a, there was a peace that I felt, that I experienced, when my cousin said, I'll be with you to come down the tree. See, an upward peace with God means we are no longer separated from God, but have a relationship with him through his son. See, an upward peace or peace with God is when we let go to God. When we let go and say, okay, God, I'm with you. You know, a couple years ago, in our youth ministry, we took the high school seniors who had just graduated. We took them to Kona. We, went, we celebrated their accomplishment of graduating. And so one of the things that we did, because they raised money for it, was we took them parasailing. And so 
I'm not one for, I'm not, I'm not afraid of heights anymore, I promise. Promise. But, uh, so, so we're going parasailing, and so I'm like, hey, I'm excited. I want to go parasailing. I've never done this before. It looks a lot of fun. I'm asking, what's the weight, you know, capacity, you know, just to make sure I'm okay. And so they're like, yeah, you'll be fine. It's going to be awesome. And so, and so it's my turn. We're all taking turns, and eventually it's my turn. And so they're like, okay, so we're going to put you into the harness. Okay, awesome. Okay, uh, just, you, we're going we're gonna to drive off, and you're going to eventually be lifted up because of the parachute. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, and all that's going to hold you is this little rope. Huh? Try to remind me to weight capacity one more time. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a heavy-duty rope. And I was like, boo, I'm heavy-duty, okay? I don't know about this rope. And then I see what the rope is attached to, the, the carabiner. And I'm like, dude, I've seen enough movies to see this thing fail. And so they're like, no, you'll be fine. Because here's the thing, if, if, if you do get this, you know, if you get a... Uh, uh, disattached to it, if you get separated from it, you'll just, you'll just be flying. And then eventually fall into the water. <laughs> We're getting shocked, sir. You're trying to kill me. And so I'm like, so, so I'm like you know what? You know, it's for the kids. I got to be brave. I'm going to do it. So I, I went. And so I remember, uh, okay, they strapped us in. I'm like this. And so you got to psych yourself up, right? You got to like, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, the boat getting farther. <laughs> oh, whoa, I'm in the sky. Whoa, whoa, whoa. By the time I was fully in the sky, I couldn't see the boat. And so I'm in the air, and I'm holding on to that blue rope. Because I'm like, I ain't about to die this way. I ain't going to go this way, Lord. And I kid you not, it was so funny because I'm holding like this, and I'm like not even enjoying myself. Because I'm like, nah. And all of a sudden... I let go. I trusted. And I was like, I let go. And I'm like, oh. Oh, this is crazy. And then I started enjoying it. I started pretending I was Superman. But I was pretending I was Superman that was like sitting down because that's how you are. I was like, oh, check this out. Oh. It was the most peaceful time that I've had up to that point. And I remember I, just, just being in the air, I forgot all about the fact that I might snap. I forgot about, oh, I might, there might be sharks in the water. I forgot all about that. Because once I let go, it was almost like I was in his presence. And for those of you who know me, I'm a big superhero geek, so I'm starting acting like I'm a superhero. I'm acting like I'm Iron Man. And, so, oh. and then I start singing. And I start talking. And all of a sudden, it, 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 I got real because it was like, me and the Lord was having a deep conversation because it was so peaceful. You see, when I'm willing to let go and have peace with God, I'm able to experience the peace of God. And that's the second peace that the Holy Spirit wants to develop in us. The first one is upwards peace. The second one is inwards peace. Peace of God. As we read earlier, Philippians 4, 67 be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and, let the, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, this is the peace to live, no matter what the situation or circumstance. See, we face heartache, struggles, and pain. We go through crisis, chaos, and trials. 
But it's also in those moments that we can experience the peace of God. See, being at peace with God allows us to channel the peace of God. When life comes at us, we're surrounded by his peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says it like this, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you. You see, we aren't always going to know what's going to go on in life or what's going on or what's going to happen. We're not in control. It's a newsflash. We're not in control. You and I cannot determine a lot of things in life. We're not in control, but he is. And you know what? I'm thankful he is. Because if I was in control of my life, can you imagine if I was in control of your life? Holy moly. That's why we need Jesus. See, we have to know that God is in control of our lives. Uh, this past Friday, uh, we we're, were getting ready for one of our youth events. We had high school and junior hires up here. We had almost about 100 of them, if not more. And so we're getting ready, and I, got, I just got done driving the vans. And as I come out, I see one of our church members, uh, and they looked worried. And so they came up to me, and they're like, Pastor Ben, Pastor Ben, uh, is anybody, is, is, you know, is, is Pastor Sheldon or Pastor Marsha, is any other pastor here? And in my mind, I'm going, sorry, I'm all you got. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so I told her, I'm sorry, nobody else is here. I'm the only one here. It's a Friday night. Nobody else is here. And then she tells me uh, what's going on. She tells me that her boyfriend was actually missing. And not only that, but her boyfriend had a health condition, and she was worried and, and she's telling me all this, and as she's telling me all this, she doesn't know this, she's going to know this now because she's here tonight. Uh, as she's telling me all this, I'm, sorry, I'm actually freaking out because I'm like, dude, I'm just a youth pastor. <laughs> I'm, I, I, okay. And so she's telling me this, and so I'm like, okay. Uh, and I'm, I didn't, she didn't know this, but inside I'm freaking out because I'm like, Lord, this is, this is big. You know, no, all kidding aside, this is big. I... I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to pray. But Lord, I have no idea what to say. I have no idea what to do. So I just prayed. I pulled one of our other youth leaders, and we prayed with them. And, and I was just like, and as we are praying, I'm like, Lord, I have no idea what to say for real, Lord. Like, I don't want, like, almost like I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to screw this up. This is, this is big. This is life and death. So I prayed, and I prayed to her, and I said, amen. And, and I told her, let me know what's going on. And she left, and a part of me was like, man, Lord, I, I, hope, I hope what I said, I hope my prayer to you was good enough. I hope that, and, and, it was like, and, I, and I, was, I was saying all this, all I, could hear, all I could hear the Lord say was, you're not in control, Ben. You, you're not me. I know what's happening. You don't. But the fact that you took time to pray with her, the fact that you stepped into an uncomfortable situation and said, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to pray and let the Lord bring peace. And so relieved was I when I got a text saying, we found him. He's good. And I was like, yes, thank you so much, Lord. You see, we got to remember that our God is the one that's in control. But not only that, 
the fact that he loves you, that he loves you so much that he wants us to experience his peace. That's why it says it in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. See, we, we, get, to, we get to take peace, we get to have peace, to understand that, God, you, you're doing what you're doing, you know what's going to happen, you're going to take care of everything because you love me. That even if I'm in junk, you're still with me. That even if I'm going through a hard time, you still love me. That even if I turn my back on you, you love me. Now, I want to make something very clear. Because sometimes we, we kind of we lose uh, perspective on this. See, inwards peace isn't about I can do anything because, God's in, God, because God's got me. See, inward peace isn't where, hey, I can do whatever I like because God's in control. He got me. That's not peace. That's stupidity. Right. If you're going, hey, I am not going to work. I'm not going to pay my bills because God's got me. God's got you. You won't have electricity. You won't have food. See, we have to take responsibility for our lives. See, an inward peace looks not at the situation or circumstances, but what God is doing through the situation or circumstances. Some of you uh, came a couple Sundays ago and you heard this, uh, this testimony of one of our youth. His name is Keikoa. And I love this kid, not because, not because just he's a great kid and, and he's so lovable, but because of what he goes through every day. For those of you who know Keikoa and you saw the video or maybe you know who I'm talking about, uh, this kid, he has so much health pro- issues now, there's a reason why I almost said problems, but I didn't, because to him, he doesn't see them as problems, because he goes through them. He doesn't hang his head down. He doesn't say, woe to me, pity me. No, he lives life. Like, I remember last year at Legacy, where he's telling me what he's going through, and the word cancer comes out. And I'm expecting, this kid is in high school. I don't expect him to freak out. I mean, I don't know about you, but every time I hear the word, that word, I start, to, I start to think worse things. And this kid, all he could think about was having fun. See, Kekoa has the peace of God. It's not about his circumstances. It's not about his situations. It's about what God is doing in him. You ask that kid. If you, if you know who that kid is, you ask him, uh, how's his relationship with God? He knows, hey, I love Jesus. He knows Jesus got him. See, that's the kind of peace that God gives to us. Not removing us from circumstances or situations, but in the midst of it. Because in the midst of of it, he wants to work in us. He wants to do something in us. By giving us the peace to go through it. See, when the peace of God fills my soul, I'm able to pour it out into others. And that's the third thing. That's the third peace that the Holy Spirit wants to develop in us. It's an outwards peace. Peace with one another. Hebrews 12, 14 says it like this. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. See, what is more important? Being right or making things right? Because in our world, we we reach more for the first than the second. We care more about being right rather than having peace with each other and making things right. 
We hold onto offenses and wage war with them. And unfortunately, this is even true of us Christians. See, if there's one way to reach the world, it is going to be through the unity and of peaceful living with each other. But what's going to keep people away is when God's people are arguing and fighting. Matthew 5, 9 says it like this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. See, whenever we're offended, whenever something happens to us, we have three choices. We can do something bad or retaliate, which is vengeance. We can do absolutely nothing, which is apathy. Or we can do our very best, which is serve. I remember hearing the story. One of my friends, uh, she was renting an apartment. She signed a lease and all this and that. Well, what happened was the landlord actually raised the price. And so my friend couldn't afford it. And so she said, you know what, you, let, you, you raise the price of the lease, you raise the price of the, the rent and all this, so I'm unfortunately not going to be able to uphold the lease. And the landlord actually argued, sorry, you signed a lease saying that you're going to rent this apartment for a year. And so I remember my friend, she was, uh, she was, she was devastated, she was angry, she was like, you know, it was, it's not my fault. You know, I, I cannot control you raising the rent, and I cannot control the fact that you raise the rent. I, cannot, I don't make that much, so I can't pay it. And so she was complaining. She was, she was, she was talking about it. And, and then her, her mom said, listen, we'll take care of everything. We'll help you, uh, pay, we'll help you uh, pay for this. We'll pay for the rest. We'll pay for the rest of the lease to get you out of it. Just whatever you do, do as best as you can to make peace with that person. And so she did. She went to the landlord and she said, you know what? I understand I signed the lease. I know I I can't do this, but I'm going to be able to pay the rest of it. But I'm sorry, I I don't want to live here anymore. The moment she said that, the landlord said, you know what, I'm sorry. It's okay. Forget the lease. Just pay the rest of this month, and they can move out. See, it was almost like she could have said, you know what, I'm angry. I'm going to take you to court. I'm going to do all this. But because she came in with peace, the landlord felt it, received it, and gave it back. You see, Psalm 34, 14 says it, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You see, it's interesting that Jesus came as the prince of peace, not the prince of faithfulness, not the prince of kindness, not even the prince of love. He came as the prince of peace because it's all about relationships when it comes to God. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You see, the way that we treat one another is supposed to reflect our relationship with Jesus. That's why it's important to forgive one another and live peacefully with each other. Because if we're not careful, we'll let those who offended us control us for the rest of our lives. This does more damage 
and adds more strife to our lives. But if we let go of wanting to be right and seek to make things right, there's reconciliation. You see, when we choose not to let peace come out towards others, there's going to be damage in us. I remember reading a story. uh, A man killed three little girls. The father of the three little girls said this in court. said, I'll follow you all the way to hell. And the person who who wrote this story said, I understand where his heart is at, but it's kind of junk because that's not what the Lord wants. He's going to hold on to offense. He's going to hold on to bitterness. He's going to hold on to hurt when there is peace that can come in and save him. And I thought it was interesting because the writer actually said, save him. Not the guy who, who committed the crime, the dad. See, we got to be willing to be at peace with each other. There's this one more story, and I'm, I'll, I'll end with this. Grayson, if you're back there, you can come up. You see, Jesus' whole, Jesus's whole reason for being here, for coming to this world, was to reconcile us to God the Father. And in the same way, he wants us to do that with each other. He wants us to reconcile with each other. There's a story of a man named Mike. Mike was a youth pastor. He'd been a youth pastor for over a decade. And he loved, he loved uh, spending time with young people. He loved impacting the next generation. Mike also uh, was married had a beautiful wife. Well, months later, they also, they also uh, were blessed with a baby boy. Baby boy. And they were so happy. They were, they were so, uh, it, was, it was just a blessed life. It was a blessed time in their lives. Eric. Eric was this firefighter who also worked in the same vicinity that Mike and his wife lived. Eric wasn't a bad guy. He was a firefighter. But one night, Eric had to work a 24-hour shift. And it was a busy shift. Numerous house calls, numerous things happened. And finally, Eric was able to go home. At first, he didn't feel tired. He felt fine. As he was driving on the road. And all of a sudden, his eyes start to close. And he crossed the middle line. The same time that Mike's wife and little boy were on the road. Mike got a phone call the next morning from the senior pastor of the church he was attending. Mike, you got to come now. There's been an accident. Grab your keys and meet me at the hospital. And as Mike gets to the hospital, his pastor is there. And the pastor says, come with me. 
as they go to the little prayer room. And in the little prayer room stands the chaplain and the doctor. Mike, your wife was driving and there was an accident. She got hit head on. The steering wheel column jabbed her in her stomach. The EMTs did all the, all the best they could. But by the time she came to the hospital, she was DOA. And Mike, I know you know this. I know that your wife was actually pregnant, but we also lost the baby. What about my son? Mike shouted with tears rolling down his eyes. Well, miraculously, your son only has a a couple bumps and bruises, but he's fine. Two years would happen. Two years would happen and Mike and Eric couldn't talk because of the investigation. Well, eventually, the attorney calls Mike and says, Mike, how do you want to pursue this? How do you want to go about this? And Mike said, if I go for the full sentence, there is no way Eric will ever be a firefighter again. And out of his own mouth, he said this, Maybe this is where I come in and speak into Eric's life. Eventually, Mike and Eric would finally meet. Eric was actually on his way into a store to buy a card because, like I said, for two months, or two years, sorry, they couldn't speak to each other because of the legalities. And Eric wanted to write a card to Mike to let him know he was sorry, he was praying for him. Because like I said, Eric wasn't a bad guy. Just a tired guy. Wrong place, wrong time. And at the same time that Eric walked into the store, Mike was walking out. They held each other. They cried. Eric saying, I'm so sorry. Mike saying, I know. It's okay. You fast forward the tape. Eric's getting married. And who's there giving him advice? Mike. You see, Eric and Mike, Mike could have slammed Eric. He could have said, you know what? He killed my wife. He killed my unborn child. Sentence him. But I bet you this, if he had done that, if Mike had done that, he would have no peace in his heart right now. Because he has peace understanding that Eric changed his life because Mike chose to extend peace. Tonight, I want to ask you this. Where are you at? For some of us, we're going through some stuff right now, and you know it. And so does God. And what he's saying is, listen, Let go. 
You're not going to find peace out in the world. You're not going to find peace there or doing this. But you will find peace with me. Some of us, we're in the thick of it. We're in the storm. And let me remind you that it is Jesus who said to the winds and the waves, be still. For some of us, we need the peace of God. We're parents. We're married. We're human. We're going through a rough, rough time in the world. But that's where his peace comforts us. And not just for you, for the person next to you. For the person you're going to see tomorrow when you go to, go to Target or Walmart. For your family, for your friends. Listen, if there are some of you here tonight that maybe the Lord is saying, listen, you need to have peace. And the only way you're going to have peace is if you reconcile with me, with yourself, and with that somebody. And let me tell you this, the moment that we let the Holy Spirit develop in our lives that those three peace, the upwards peace, the inwards peace, and the outwards peace, I promise you this, that once we let him do that and we never let him stop, then we will bring peace to this world. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord, we come before you tonight. And Lord, there is so much that you want to do in us. There's so many... There's so much things that you want us to bear fruit in. And Lord, tonight as we talked about the spirit of peace, Lord, that is one place, that is one fruit that this world desperately needs. And so do we. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that is separated from you, Lord, I pray, I pray that you would break down that wall, that you would bring them to you, that even if they're holding onto their branch, frozen, screaming, I can't let go, that, Lord, you would remind them how much you love them, how much you care for them, that you are with them so that they can let go and experience you. I pray, Lord, for those of us who are going through a season of chaos and crisis. And I pray, Lord, that help us to remember that it is you that gives us peace that you're in control, that we are not. And most of all, Lord, that we would be peacemakers. That, Lord, if there's people that have offended us or people that are far from us, no matter what's happened, Lord, help us to forgive them. Help us to do any, everything as best as we can, as humanly possible as we can to make things right, to have peace. Because when we do that, Lord, we reflect you. As we do that, we bring peace, your peace, to this world. Thank you, Lord, for being our Prince of Peace. We love you. Continue, Holy Spirit, to grow and bear fruit in all of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, amen. Amen.